0: Welcome, everyone, to rv one Calling of Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Team's podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined on this glorious day by some of the guys. We have the working girl, Jordan Smith, and the ginger woodsman, Nick Botterford. Guys, how are we doing today?
1: Doing great.
2: Oh, that's a track of what I was doing. I'm great. I'm really good, <laughs> Pete. How are you?
0: I am good as well. Uh, Jordan, I want to give you just, like, I don't know. Thirty seconds to just speak about something, so we can all bask in the glory of this new mic setup you have.
1: Um, sure, I there was a um, there's an old desk in the garage that we used to have. Like I don't know, sitting at the computer in high school doing homework. So I I just dug it up and figured I might as well, since I might be here for a while, uh, get a get a little setup established, so I'm not just sitting in a chair or on a bed, on a couch, just in random places, because it wasn't going to be the kitchen table. Uh, Yeah. So here I am.
0: Jordan, Jordan is, you are fully committed now into the podcast world after doing this show for four years, you finally have bought (laughs) it, bought into the podcast. Uh, You're talking about the bed, man. That was a throwback to the olden days where you would record in front of that glorious headboard you had.
1: Hey, at least I had a pretty good mic at that time, but I was yeah. just, I was holding it like I was Dirk Nowitzki at a press conference.
0: <laughs> oh, it looked, it looked great. Um, Awesome. Nick, you are also looking great too. Don't worry. Thanks Pete. Nick's got a lot of things going on. I like this slight delay. It's not just recording. It's just because Nick has so many different tabs and windows up. He's got to keep track of all of his future bets. He's got to keep track of all his fantasy leagues. Nick has a lot going on, you guys.
2: He's a lot. I going wish on. it was future bets. Fucking Washington gambling laws. You can't do shit out here. Nothing, nothing is legal. There. Nothing is legal. Yeah. Anyway, you got to. That's is. why you need some black market,
0: uh, black market under the table brokers. Yeah, I'll make some bets for you, Nick. Here you go. Trust, give me all your money and and trust me with your finances.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there's no uh, interest rate on on (laughs) that. Nothing will go wrong. I promise you.
0: Um, All right. Well, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to continue our best free agent landing spot series. We're going to talk running backs today. Um, But before we do, of course, we have lots of news to get to. And headlining the news is what broke Saturday. Matthew Stafford traded. To the Los Angeles Rams, we spent last week talking about our favorite landing spots for Matt Stafford. Rams were not mentioned, uh, but still a great landing spot for him fantasy wise. The uh, basically it was a quarterback swap. The Lions then took on Jared Goff's massive contract and Jared Goff uh, as a uh, well with, along with a first round pick, two future, two first round picks, I believe, and a third round pick, which you might think is just a ton of compensation for Matt Stafford, but actually probably it's more to entice the Lions to be willing to take on Jared Goff's contract. Um, but let's start with Stafford. He leaves Detroit, joins Sean McVay, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Cam Akers, Josh Reynolds, all out in LA. Jordan, trying to set expectations for Stafford, do you think this makes him a top eight, we'll
1: say, fantasy quarterback for 2021? Uh, I, I I could see that being in the top eight because I don't think he has to do a whole lot uh, with the Rams offense. It's not like he is... In Detroit anymore, where he's consistently having to put the team on his back. Um, he definitely gets an upgrade in um in weapons when you're looking at who could be left over in Detroit after this free agent session. Cause I think like Kenny Galladay's probably got to get himself out of there. Marvin Jones is probably looking for a better opportunity to win because he's getting up there in age. And I, I can see Stafford being. He's not as much of a system quarterback as Goff. I don't think he's like a drastic upgrade, but he definitely turns the tables a little bit more for the Rams. If they're like Jared Goff, just happens to have bad games all the time and that's not what you want.
2: Yeah. I think he could be, I think he'll, he'll definitely have top eight weeks. I think he'll have top four weeks from time to time. I think, uh, I don't think there's any question that he, that, it's reasonable to to rank him as uh like a mid to low quarterback one qb that's a that's a good barometer though he he might end up there yeah so i was i was initially trying to see what was the
0: range that i felt comfortable with to me the locks you know patrick mahomes josh allen kyler murray lamar jackson russell wilson and deshaun watson so that's six right there that i just don't think that he's going to like it would Maybe you have another, maybe Lamar's the passing game still doesn't quite click for Lamar. And so he, he also falls out or who knows where Watson goes. And then it's to me, it seems like Rodgers, Tannehill, Herbert and Stafford would be all kind of in that mix for for kind of what's after that group. So that's seven QB seven QB eight. Um, I love this. He's only thrown 30 touchdowns twice in his, in this Matt Stafford. He's only thrown 30 plus touchdowns twice in his career. And we put out a poll on fake teams on on our Twitter account fake teams uh, asking what people felt like he was going to do with the Rams. And, and the vast majority of people says he's going over 30 touchdowns this year. So like if Stafford does, that has a career year. This is, I think, I mean, this is a terrific landing spot. I, Obviously totally trust Sean McVay and what this offense can do. And I think we're about to see, I think we're going to see something like what, how, how, how Kyle Shanahan is feeling where we're going to see hopefully an off like this is going to be the, the pinnacle of Sean McVay's offense. I feel like where it's going to be a quarterback who can make all the throws on the field. Uh, a running back who is not Todd Gurley, like, you know, not, he, he has this stable of running backs to choose from and run through. And then you have Robert Woods, Cooper cup, Josh Reynolds. They seem like they're going to part with Gerald Everett. Uh, so who knows what their tight end position is going to be, but man, this like Robert Woods and Cooper cup. This is phenomenal for them in, in terms of fantasy. In, in my book, like Robert Woods has been always, this kind of like low key wide receiver one who people don't necessarily treat in that category, and I think with with a better quarterback like Stafford, he now is he's now someone who's going to constantly be pushing wide receiver one numbers and at the very least is going to be a high end wide receiver two uh further for 2021 in my book.
1: I think we're bearing the lead a little bit here, Pete. How does it actually make you feel to know that Stafford said the only destination he didn't want to go was New England because he didn't want to be packed with Matthew, Patricia. Yeah,
0: the Matt Patricia reunion off to a banging start <laughs> when when you have Matt Stafford coming up being like, uh, I will go to any team except for that one. It also completely has dashed my hopes that Kenny Galladay is coming to New England. I think we can firmly rule out any free agent Lions player uh, signing with the Patriots, which is not what you want when you uh, bring back old Matt Patricia. Uh, not not in love with it. Not
1: great. Luckily there's a ton of other free agents that you can hopefully get in, get in the room. Maybe like leave Patricia off of the like outlook calendar. invite. <laughs> <and just laughs> oh, we totally forgot else. to send
0: you the email or send him a dead link. He just keeps trying to log in for the whole 30 minute session. Oh, sorry, Matt. Oh, bummer. Uh, on the flip side, the lions. I mean, I feel like the lions is going to be just a hot mess this year. Um, Nick, what do you feel with Goff? with Goff coming to Detroit, seemingly that's going to be their guy week one. I mean, they still could draft a quarterback at, you know, whatever seventh overall that they have. Is there anyone in Detroit who you're feeling particularly like, to me, it feels like this is just like buy TJ Hawkinson. And other than that kind of avoid this team.
2: Yeah. I, I think this is uh, the uh, stocks continue to, to trend up for deandre swift um they're you know getting into campbell, that stock market i see nick well done that's it's right all the,
0: it's all the rage
2: these days gotta you hold. know gotta quick bu- start buying your stock now while you still can hold the line um so yeah uh it was it was promising so i mean it, it was deflating to hear dan campbell talk about the kneecap biting and that kind of shit but then he also did stop to say that uh, lining Swift up as a slot receiver would be a great way to use him. Um, So he has some, I mean, he's taking some of what he learned in, in new Orleans uh, and is willing to apply it here. I'm, I'm very concerned about the kind of offense they're going to run. I think it'll be kind of old school, but one, that would mean a lot of volume for Swift and theoretically, and uh, two, Goff has had great success just loading up a uh, running back with targets for, you know, part of his, his duration there before Gurley's knee exploded. That was a really viable means of him just hoarding fantasy points. So uh, now they have Cooper cup and, and Robert Woods and what have you in the Lions They may not have Kenny Galladay. So that might not mean anyway, the guy I like is swift. Yeah. That's a good point in that passing game.
1: I like the Goff addition for the lion's, um, not because I think he's just a great player and he's going to turn the franchise around, but because he's a because you as a Packers that, fan get to play against him twice a twice a year now. Yeah, that's, that's exactly <laughs> why. Another another Kirk Cousins in the division. Um, no, it's because it gives them like a chance to actually put some some good tape down to actually compete like a little bit, not completely turn over the reins to mediocrity so they have both hands on the reins only one hand of mediocrity is there Um, and I don't think they should draft a quarterback at number seven I think they have just a lot of work to do and I think any quarterback they draft at that point should would have like a lot of scar tissue that would build up it'd be like I'm still a little bit worried for Joe Burrow I think he will be fine eventually but it's, it's scary to see him in Cincinnati, especially after he just got walloped this year. And I think the same thing could happen to any quarterback going to Detroit. Uh, they should use either that pick on some linemen or use it on, like, somebody on defense to get a cornerstone piece going there. Uh, build up the infrastructure, then bring in a quarterback. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe when those Rams picks finally start kicking in, because I, I don't even know when they are for 2027. 20, like, I, I don't even know.
2: When when do the Rams have first round picks? They they got them in the next. Well, the, when do the Rams have first round picks, or when do the Lions? I mean, do when do the Lions picks?
0: have the Rams, and then when do the Rams have first round picks?
2: They they got the they got first round in in 2022 or uh, this the next draft. Not so not okay. the one that is about to happen, the following one. And then the one after that, they get there first in, in both of those. So they they got, be- they have the picks to make this turnaround happen. Whether yeah. or not we have any belief in the front office is a totally different question, but yeah. I mean, they, the infrastructure is there. And if anything, I mean, if I think if one of those top three quarterbacks falls, I think you do take him because you have Goff. you can let him sit on the bench, mm-hmm. not have to play him. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's not necessarily the most cost effective means of, of building a team, but first you got to get the quarterback, period. Like if you don't if you don't have Goffs impending replacement, you're in deep shit. Um, but I I think an offensive line, you know, if they can get uh an impact offensive lineman or a receiver, I would yeah. then that would go like if Jamar Chase goes there, if he is still available, I would pull I would for sure pull the trigger. Like bring in bring in the pieces that are gonna directly impact the the future quarterback, if you're not going to get one.
0: yep. Uh, all right, moving on in the news. Huh, more good news for Jordan's Packers, because reports coming out that Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears are expected to part ways, which means Nick Foles starting QB for the Bears in, in 2021. Uh, Dan Cilio, uh, who reported this, said that the Cowboys and Broncos both expressed interest, which means Jerry 100% is going to talk himself into Mitch being better than Dak, and is going to shell out a shit ton of money to bring Mitch into house. Granted, this is the same guy who brought you this Dan Cilio guy who's brought you such hits as Tom Brady is going to the Cowboys and Robert Kraft is promoting Belichick to full-time GM and then trading for Mike Vrabel at head coach. So take this report with a grain of salt. But uh, it seems like the Mitch era in, uh, in Chicago has finally come to an end,
1: as well it should, let's be honest here. Why are you saying good news? This is terrible news. <laughs> I want Mitch to have a long career in Chicago.
2: Yeah. I'm, I, I would much, if I'm a bears fan, I would much prefer foals. Uh, if I was bears fan, I'd much prefer anyone on the
0: open market than either of those two guys go get Cam Newton. Sure. Go get anyone who can throw the ball competently.
2: Uh, yeah. Get build it Anyway, front office, do that first, but yeah. Do
0: that first. Um. Finally, it is time for the latest Eric Enemy watch twenty twenty one. Uh, Eric Enemy didn't get a head coaching gig because the NFL is dumb and stupid and dumb and stupid. So there you go. There's your final Eric Enemy watch twenty twenty one. What are we doing NFL? What are we doing? I'm hoping. Here's the hoping that uh he's going to s- somehow do the 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 leap, the horizontal jump. To the cow, uh, Dolphins OC job and uh, coach up Deshaun Watson. Will it happen? Highly doubtful. But, you know, a kid can dream, can't he? I can. Nick Nick gives me his nonverbal consent that I can I dream.
2: suggested that last podcast. So, I, I mean, know. Obviously, I would love that for that to happen. <laughs> uh, I get, I mean, the the word on the street or, or what have you is, is that he just interviews really badly. And I don't which, know how. which,
0: okay, I'm sorry. That can't be a thing because did you guys see the fucking interview with the new uh, Eagles head coach? Whatever his name is. <laughs> where he That's comes Sirianni? on. Yeah, where he comes on and he's like, we're going to be a smart team. And the important thing about being smart is we're going to be smart and Gym. a team.
2: We're going to be a Toms smart Sula team. <laughs> a what are we doing
0: here? God, yeah. like you can't I trust me him. The, I mean, but, yeah, but sure. I, I'm sure he's I a good coach, point. but this is my point is, is that like, yes, he's a good coach, but clearly his ability to put together sentences didn't prevent him from getting hired. If Eric right. Bieni truly if like, that is truly the reason why he didn't get hired was because he just doesn't interview well. Like, okay. NFL
1: grow up. And I, I think we all know what doesn't interview well actually means Darren. And, and it's a, it's a syst- systemic problem with not having enough, uh, black coaches black executives in positions to make these sorts of decisions that's why you kind of just get the same retreads you get the same like Josh McDaniels his name is tossed out every coaching cycle even though he completely failed on the Colts head coaching job like, that's a bad interview for you, but you yeah. still in <laughs> That level, is not so. good. You should never get a head coaching gig
0: ever again, or not even an interview. If after you, like, verbally agree to go to a team, you then bail. That should just blacklist you for the end of time. But yet, Josh McDaniels was interviewed for the Eagles head coach. Eagles, doing a great job. Howie Roseman, you're killing it. Killing it. Love everything you're doing out there. All right, there's the news. Uh, before we get into our ideal fantasy running back landing spots, we're going to take a quick ad break.
1: You ready? Showtime. On May
0: 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy.
2: What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes.
0: All right, we're back. Last week, we talked ideal QB spots. uh, And this week, we're going to tackle the running back position. There actually are a surprising number of backs out there on the market with a real fantasy potential depending on where they land. But we're just going to touch on a few of them. Uh, Let's start with the biggest name in my book in the free agent running back market. And that is, of course, Jordan's Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones. Jordan, let's start with you. Where is your ideal landing spot for Aaron Jones? And if you say the Packers... I might mute you.
1: I mean, that, that would be nice at a, a reasonable sticker price, but um, I, I don't think they should pay him too much. If he's seeking a lot of money. Um, I picked the New York jets though. And this seems a little bit of a cop out because the New York jets have done a lot of dumb things in terms of uh, providing contracts that are ridiculous, but uh putting him on the jets. They have a lot of, a lot of cap space. Um, They got this like foundations of a pretty good offensive line with Mackay Becton, just mauling people over there. And the um, like Robert Sala, Mike Shanahan tree connection. I, and well, Michael floor also, um, I I think they'll be running like similar offenses to what you see in San Francisco green Bay, uh, that sort of thing. So I, put them on the jets. And if they don't have a, uh, if they don't have Deshaun Watson, which is on Deshaun Watson would be great for taking pressure off of Aaron Jones. uh, But if they draft a rookie QB, then that's a safety blanket. And it's also a ton of opportunity for Jones either way.
0: Yeah. I had the jets as well, because it makes total sense to have, have Aaron Jones go from Mike LaFleur to Matt LaFleur uh, or other way around Matt LaFleur to Mike LaFleur quick PSA. Parents out there, if you are naming children, especially if these children are going to go into the same field of work, please name them drastically different names. Just for my own like sanity and, and benefit, please. Just you know, Mike and Matt, can we can we be like Matt and Bob? Bob LaFleur. It's got a nice ring to it. It's a good coach name. Mike, we're redubbing you. You're Bob LaFleur from now on. So anyways, uh everything you said Jordan, I totally agree with where they're going to presumably running a Kyle Shanahan-esque system and Aaron Jones thrived in that in Green Bay and putting him in uh New York where that offensive line is developing, he's going to be the clear number 1 back uh in that in that offense and that seems like an ideal fantasy spot and we know we know that the Jets will shell, shell out a ton of money for running backs. So, it seems like a natural
2: fit. Nick, what about you? Yeah, I think that I think that the Jets, uh, assuming that they get a good quarterback, I, I think that that would be a, uh, a really fun place for them to go. Uh, to the point about um, Jones's price tag, from what Nagler has had to say, is that there's no real issue between Jones and the team on uh, the overall amount of money. It's just they won't ma- match his guarantee request. Um, that's the the big sticking point but I mean that's what I I heard last week so maybe there's new info I think the the favorite for me would be the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Um, a lot of their backfield is made up of kind of like role players I mean I'm looking um, right now so Fournette he's his contracts up LeSean McCoy his contracts up Kenyon Barner's still there Um,
0: I mean LeSean McCoy isn't isn't going to be the future of, of the Buccaneers backfield
2: I'm yeah, so right. upset. And this is so de- crushing to hear. I mean, after um, Ronald Jones's calves couldn't propel him past Leonard Fournette this year, I, I have to think that they're kind of just done and, uh, dealing with him. Um, Arians really doesn't give a shit about who he plays if they're just outplaying the other person. Like he, I mean, that's been consistent throughout his his coaching career. If you look at uh, Arizona, the way that. Um, was it, was it M- Michael Floyd and John Brown would, he talked every other week about how the other guy just took the other starters job at, at receiver. If they brought in uh, a real dual threat talent, like Aaron Jones, I think he would have no problem separating from the pack. And I, I mean, I even forgot to mention Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, dude, how, how much do you have to struggle to yeah. to lose your pass catching role to Leonard Fournette? I mean, that, that's a really bad way to start your career. He could turn it around, but obviously Arians is not afraid to pay a running back. I mean, he, he really, they have um, I was looking at their, their pass uh, to run ratio. And it's, I mean, they, they love running on early downs. That's Arians loves doing it. I, I think if they could get Aaron Jones in there, that um, he would be a good system, a uh, uh, good system fit. That's a really,
0: that's a great spot, especially since they're probably, I mean, presumably Brady is going to play at least one more year there. And, that means you're going to get not only uh, the, if the if the ground game can improve, that's a big factor, but also just Aaron Jones is a pass catcher. That's something that like Brady Leonard Fournette was forced into that role and his stone head hands let Brady down countless times. And so putting a back who can actually catch the football naturally with someone like Brady, who loves targeting those running backs in this offense that, you know, Brady has forced that to be a part of the offense it seems like a really natural pairing. I like that a lot, especially since, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? And we're going to talk. We're gonna we're gonna give a little uh, a little Super Bowl preview at the end of this. But like, if the Bucks lose uh, the Super Bowl, then you could I could certainly see another instance of the Bucks doubling down and being like, okay, we have Brady for a limited window. We're gonna go out. We're going to get him. You know a real running back to really be that final key to this offense and make this offense just unstoppable. Since I've heard talks, they're also bringing Antonio Brown.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. The bucks have a little bit of cap space. I uh, gave them a running back as well from this free agent class, just to bolster all the other weapons that they have on offense, Uh, depending on who they let go. But I think Aaron Jones could be like a more like supercharged, james white for brady um i think he would very much enjoy that yeah i like that a lot
0: uh all right let's move on to on running back who when he got traded to arizona was off like a start and then this year was kind of off and on hit or miss still somehow recorded uh 10 rushing touchdowns so Kenyon drake has has some kick to him uh now hitting the open market nick where's your ideal landing spot for drake uh for 2021 fantasy
2: uh, part of this is narrative, but I think it's Miami. Uh, it'd be great for him to go back there and just shit on that former coaching staff, shit on Adam, Adam Gase. Have a great year. <clears throat> um, there's, there, excuse me. There's, there's not a whole lot of um, competition there. So Brita is uh, he's a free agent. Uh, yeah. He's a free agent this year. They've got, uh, and DeAndre Washington is as well. Um, they have Miles Gaskin and Gaskin showed that he can be a great um, you know, starting running back in the NFL, He is uh, he's undersized and he's not terribly uh, unique as an athlete. The MCL sprain that he suffered was way more significant than um, the the standard like grade one MCL sprain, which I think you know, he's just a, a smaller guy and he was asked to play, he was asked to handle 20 touches a game. I think if they brought Drake in there and split it, even like fifteen to fifteen touches or something like that, um, they would have they'd have a much more effective backfield on, on their hands with two guys who can take the pressure off of each other. And they obviously showed <laughs> Gaskin was was leading the team in targets in like half of Tua's starts, so they're they're going to utilize. Uh, Drake would get to go back down there and and be utilized in the way that he was very briefly in Arizona last year uh, before, you know, Cliff Kingsbury decided to say, no, you're the rush only back. And, and Edmonds is the passing game back. Yeah. It, it'd be really fun to watch him down there.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like the narrative. Uh, I have a different back going to the dolphins later, but the dolphins seem like a, a ripe fantasy spot for, for one of these running backs to go to, because there is so much, potential in that backfield. Miles Gaston seems like the only really sure thing there and even still he he's someone who you could easily share a backfield with and still have a, a lot of fantasy viability there. Jordan, where are you like uh Drake?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I was having a really hard time placing Kenyon Drake cuz I just wasn't sure how much a team would be willing to pay him to make him like the number one option, number one fantasy option uh for the rest of us. I, I couldn't help but think he would be a good fit in new England. Um, new England has some Jordan. Space. I like
0: this. I like how you keep bringing up the Patriots and all of your, you have at least one player going to the Patriots. You're building this great offense for me to root for next year with Dak Prescott and, and, and Kenyon Drake in the backfield. Love it.
1: They, they got money to spend and you know, the drafts have been rough for a couple of years. So maybe free agency is the real market for them. Um, I, I think I just associate Drake with New England too, because literally a couple of years ago when he like kind of had that breakout game, when he was on Miami against New England, I, I feel like maybe some, at some point Belichick just logged that into his, his catalog of football memories and I uh, could look at Kenyon Drake because James White isn't getting any younger um, Damian Harris. Is that, that's his name, right? Damian Harris. Um, he was doing, Pretty well. Uh, Sony Michelle is Sony Michelle. Um, so maybe just bringing in an export and um, having him take over some some key running back duties for the Patriots would be good for them.
2: Yes. So I'm I'm not sure if you if you touched on this Jordan, but but both Burkhead and James White
1: are free agents this year. Oh yeah, that that's probably a, a big factor in them bringing in a running back. They always. Also, seem to bring in like distressed running back assets from. They do. They love to do that. Yeah. 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 yeah no, I like Drake would qualify a little bit.
0: Yeah. I like that. I like that, especially if they can get him at kind of a discount. Uh, Jordan, let me re- repay the favor and say I had Kenyon Drake going to the Packers. I see him as a a cheaper, a bigger, a slightly less talented Aaron Jones. He can return, like Nick said, with in Miami return to catching the football out of the backfield like he did in 2019 for the Cardinals. And I think in this instance where you can pair him with A.J. Dillon and if they bring back Jamal Williams, like the Packers want to have this kind of running back committee with a hierarchy in it, but not necessarily a number one guy. And so I think that's a. Uh, environment that drake can really work and thrive in he'll get plenty of snaps plenty of touches in that offense in order to produce i think he would be you know the one a to aj dylan or or jamal williams like what we saw with aaron jones uh it seems to me like a natural kind of place where if the packers let aaron jones go don't want to pay him top dollar drake seems like a natural fit to kind of be able to still play that role uh that jones played for the packers but maybe at at a
1: little slight discount I wouldn't mind that at the right price, just because if they lose Aaron Jones, to free agency and Jamal Williams is also a free agent, then the cupboard's a little more bare than I'm sure a LaFleur offense would like. So it could be interesting.
0: All right. Let's continue down the running back Avenue. Um, a guy who I'm actually really interested about in this off season because I think, this offseason could really do a lot for him. James Connor has shown flashes, but he's also shown that he has struggles to stay healthy um, and, and that he can't, it didn't seem like he could ever quite take over reliably that RB one role in Pittsburgh. So for me, I figure let's uh, let's find a best landing spot for both him and let's help another fantasy asset who maybe has a little bit of injury issues or just can't carry the full load. What do we think about James Conner heading to LA to join the chargers for Eckler? This no longer means he's the running back in LA helps him stay healthy for a full season. Plus he does most of his damage as a pass catcher. And I never thought I would say this as like, (laughs) as a positive comparison, but basically he could be JD McKissick (laughs) for for the Chargers, Since JD McKissick was a top 15 running back in fantasy and only really caught the football. Uh, So I think Austin Eckler could still fill that role while James Conner can be the two down back for LA, help lighten his load, uh, but put him in an offense that has a lot of weapons around him. So he won't be facing as much of a stacked box. Uh, and we'll see plenty of red zone work. I just think that he needs a change of space or and a change of place. And I think at LA with a, this kind of young revitalized offense with Justin Herbert under center, I think that duo could be, could be really dynamic. Uh, and certainly
1: both of those guys would see enough work to be both fantasy viable. I'll push back a touch on that. Um, it's not an indictment of the arguments that you just made. It's more of an indictment of James Conner himself, who I'm just kind of out on for fantasy it's purposes fair. now. I don't think that putting him in um, Los Angeles with the chargers, unless there's like a little bit more bolstering of the offensive line, like they got a little bit better this year, but I just, I don't know That's how a good much point. better they are than uh, Pittsburgh's offensive line. And this dude just needs like, he needs some maulers in front of him to try to keep his Jersey clean. And because James Conner is just going to miss like, two games at least one of them is going to be at a completely inopportune time for your fantasy season that's just the way it goes um so i i feel like he needs to go to uh, a team that's just stacked up front
0: that's fair that's fair yeah the the offensive line in la is still still makeshift nick what do you think where is a good spot for uh connor
2: so the uh, the Niners are going to be without or Jerick McKinnon is a free agent and Tevin Coleman is a free agent. Uh, Raheem, Raheem, <laughs> Raheem Mostert. Yeah, he got his extension and they did just resign uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. T- 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 looking at his I'm looking up his his deal right now. Uh, so, OK, so it's, a, it's, it's just, just like a one year, year deal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not a long term investment. They, you know. They'll get three running backs on the field regularly in in any game. Um, I think that Connor, I, I think he's he's so, he's so talented. I think his body, you know, probably never was able to fully recover from his cancer treatments. Um, this year, I think that his his missed game um, ness is a little bit in negatively impacted or or shaded uh, with him getting COVID. Um, right, like that did not That's help him fair. close out the season. <laughs> Um, he, yeah, his, uh, his, his missed time is, is a bit more inflated than, than it has been in previous seasons, just when taking into account injuries. But that said, I mean, the guy has shown that he does get banged up from time to time. Um, but who wouldn't love to see him added to that, that, you know what I mean? Like a a one, two punch with, or one, two, three punch with, with Raheem and and Mr. I uh, mean, literally this, the whole point of
0: this little segment is to be like, you know, in my mind is like, all right, if you, if this player went to this team, would you be excited to draft him in fantasy? If James Conner went to the 49ers, I would draft him far higher than he should be drafted. Like, I would just be like, oh yeah, James is going to take over that backfield and it's going to be fucking incredible and I'm going to be here for every second of it. So that's a that's a very
1: good landing spot. This is just projecting too, but I think um, James Conner would be like a really good culture fit for the Niners. Like they have some linemen who are just, Absolutely wanting to find contact at all times. They have George Kittle, who is going to put you into the turf any chance he gets, and James Conner is a guy that likes to lower his shoulder. Like he's going through you, not around you. And I, I think that that would get a lot of like people fired up on the Niners just to have him be that guy.
0: Yeah, I like I like that a lot. uh also, I learned a cool thing about Zoom when I was doing, when I was holding that nice long note for Nick and showing of admiration for his pick. Zoom just popped on was like, are you trying to play music? Would you like us to stream this music over, over your conversation? So... Clearly, I hit some nice resonating note there that that Zoom thought was a song that was about to play. Um, Jordan, I realize as a host, I did a terrible job. When you were critiquing the Chargers, I should have used that as a natural segue into your pick for James Conner. And instead, I just threw Nick in the middle. And now I'm all hyped about the 49ers. So convince me that the 49ers is wrong, too, and that uh, and that your pick is the right one, Jordan.
1: Um, well, my pick kind of piggyback off of what I was saying earlier is just to put James Connor behind a good offensive line and a place where there might be some pressure taken off of him. So he's not uh, getting completely battered every single Sunday. Um, I'd put him in Tampa Bay uh, just as the Buccaneers have shown this past uh, or last offseason rather that they just like to add weapons and names like. Tom Brady likes James Conner then that's probably going to be somebody that they sign um if they if Bruce Arian says that they're not going after James Conner just know he's a damn liar and he shouldn't believe anything else. <laughs> so I just I just put him there um especially if like Leonard Fournette leaves uh Ronald Jones all the same caveats that we were just discussing before with these other running backs going to Tampa Bay
0: yeah I like that a lot too that's a really good one It's a good, that's a good, those are three very good landing spots for James Conner. Pat ourselves on the back for coming up with all those. Well done to us. Yes. Nick is actually doing it. Good job. Good man. Uh, All right. We got two more running backs we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, And we will start with uh, Chris Carson. Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks, who is a free agent. He might leave Seattle. Uh, And if he does leave Seattle, Nick,
2: where would you love to see him go? So, yeah, I, I do think that it, it's probably unlikely that he does leave with with Carlos Hyde, uh, a, a free agent as well. And, you know, Pete Carroll just. But wouldn't loves it seem the most Pete
0: Carroll thing in the world to be like, bye, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, come on down? Oh,
2: yeah, I could see that. I can also see him <laughs> just being like, Rashad Penny will be healthy and it doesn't matter will that he's going to carry the ball yeah.
0: 300 times this year.
2: So I I think Carson, I I really, really liked the beginning of the season when they actually were airing it out a ton and Carson was getting like six targets a game. He showed that he's, he's a dual threat running back people. I mean, I didn't really know that he could do that and he absolutely could. Um, So I'd love to see him get lead back duties in Atlanta with uh, Arthur Smith there. Now, I think that that would be a really fun fit. Uh, You know, he'd get 20 carries a game and uh, Matt Ryan, you know, he's, he's thrown it to running backs plenty in, in his career. Uh, I think that'd be a really cool spot to see him. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, for all the same, for all the things you were talking about, Nick, too,
0: this is my Dolphins spot. Uh, the Dolphins clearly need a number one back. He was a back-to-back 1,000-yard rusher in 2018 and 2019 and then was on pace for 900 this year. Like, Chris Carson is a very good running. I feel like somehow in this whole, like, let Russ cook, the Seahawks need to throw the football more, Chris Carson is just kind of ignored or just maybe not – seen in the light that he should be like, this guy is a really good running back. And like you said, he can catch the ball to a, will target the running back or Deshaun Watson. If if that's where he is. Um, Yeah. It just seems to give a really solid viable running back uh, into this backfield and a guy who outside of this past year has been pretty healthy and, and can shoulder like the number one workload and, and the bulk share of, of touches, which he could do for both Atlanta and the, and the Dolphins.
2: One of the, I mean, one of the big, to your point, yeah, he, he doesn't get a ton of respect. And, uh, I mean, at this point, the data seems to indicate that yards per carry is, is basically dictated by uh, yards before contact. Like, if you if you either, A, have a good offensive line, or, or B, and, and more importantly, you don't make a player run in really inopportune situations. Like, you don't make them slam into brick walls on early first, you know, first half, first and second downs. Um, you let him run on third, right? Like you throw it to him on first, you, you give it to him on, on third and short and let him rumble. Um, yeah, that he, his, his, uh, overall statistics would be much more gaudy if, if he was yeah. not put into a bad situation.
1: Jordan, where's your spot for him? Um, my spot for him would be to throw him to a division rival and put him with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, just because. Chris Carson is a super talented back. I feel, I think he's the second best back on this list that we're talking about um, pretty easily. And um, yeah, like you said also that he's a back that, you know, besides a few dings is pretty dependable. Um, And I think that's something that uh, based on Raheem Mostart, Tevin Coleman, name any back that San Francisco has brought in over the past couple of years and they honestly are probably just like, we need somebody who's going to be healthy. We want somebody who's going to come in and be a back for us that can stay on the field so we're not consistently rolling through a carousel. And if they can get somebody like Chris Carson to be that, then that helps for fantasy purposes because you're not deciding any given week, whether you're playing uh, Mostert, Coleman, Jeff Wilson Jr., like just a little bit of consistency there. And I think uh, Chris Carson would be a good all-around back for Shanahan.
0: Yeah, I love that a lot. Plus, you gotta love the staying in division and and
2: fighting against your former team. Richard Sherman, go join yeah, Richard that's what I was Sherman. Say that'd be so fun. To, like watching them pre-game against the uh, oh. against the Seahawks. He and <laughs> Sherman for one love side. To, that'd be, be a love lot. Love to see that shit. Love yeah. to see that.
0: <clears throat> All right. Well, let's wrap our running back conversation up with. Uh, we have two guys who. Uh, obviously were great fantasy names at one point in their career now are just kind of lackluster people. You don't really know what to make of them. Uh, Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell, both of them coming off of just kind of disappointing seasons uh, in totality. Todd Gurley obviously had a really strong first half, but then kind of completely disappeared in the second half and Le'Veon Bell got traded halfway through the season. So my question to you guys is, uh, you can talk about either or both. Is there a landing spot for these guys? Either of these guys that would excite you in fantasy and and make you feel like okay, this guy is worth drafting or investing some sort of fantasy capital in them? Jordan, Mom, why don't we start with you?
1: Yeah, so I put both these guys in Dwayne Johnson's XFL. Um, <laughs> I think the play there? <laughs> no, I, I I just um I put Le'Veon Bell in Carolina with the Panthers. Um, I just. Figure they could probably get him for a vet minimum. Uh, Carolina doesn't have a ton of space right now, but with Mike Davis being a free agent as well, who performed really well this year and may garner some attention on the market himself, way more than what the Panthers would probably be willing to pay him, plus Christian McCaffrey. That's a lot of money once you're running back room. Uh, But Le'Veon Bell could probably do some similar things in their um, pass-catching game. So, yeah, just put him on the Panthers. I don't know what she was tired early. Um, I feel like it's, it's almost time to to hang up the cleats for, for Todd. It's not getting any better.
0: Yeah. That's, 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 uh, it's upsetting to see that. Uh, Carolina is not a bad one, especially since after like, because they put so much emphasis in Christian McCaffrey, then Christian McCaffrey struggled to be healthy this year. Like I, th- I could see them investing in that in that backfield and that you know RB two position. Uh, Nick, is there a spot for either of these guys
2: that gives you some sort of fantasy excitement? Well, I, I've been wanting Gurley to retire for like two years now, so for me, Todd Gurley yeah. in the retirement league. <laughs> Nick's drafting him one hundred and one, baby. Yeah, go coach somewhere. Uh, as far as Bell goes, honestly, any of the teams that we talked about today, I think that that Carolina, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, they're they're probably going to want to dial back McCaffrey's workload a bit. I think after this huge missed time season, they're they're going to say, okay, we can't do the 90% snap share thing with him again. So that one could be a lot of fun because theoretically his skill skill set is the same. It's you know pure dual threat kind of a thing. But any of these places would be really cool. I mean, I would be interested in watching him as a rotational guy in San Francisco. I would be interested in watching him. It like. I think a battle against Miles Gaskin would be really interesting. Is like because Gaskin, I think he is, I think that he fits the bill of NFL dual threat running back mm-hmm. who can fill in for like any smart team. Um, I don't think that he's a, a bell cow. I don't think that he should be there for like the long term, but I think that those two guys working together, I think that that could be really interesting. And if Bell can beat Gaskin, then okay, he should still be a full time yeah. starter.
0: Um, nice. Okay. I had uh Nick you're going to love this. If Chris Carson leaves Seattle Seahawks, you know he's going to get a shit ton of touches and he's a pass catcher out the backfield for Russell Wilson. I don't know. I I could dig it. I mean, I think I think you're right though, Nick. I think Bell seems the most likely of these two backs where it's like regardless of, you know, if he goes to a backfield that needs help or there's a, a way for him to see a large role there that uh he seems to have the most in the tank left to to be able to actually produce something fantasy wise
2: were, were you gonna say seattle or, or did you did you get to that oh yeah i did say seattle okay okay yeah I just anyway sorry i, I, I thought the sense trailed on you loved it you you
0: blacked out from thing. sheer excitement because i said Le'Veon on bell to seattle and nick was like yes
2: that's right <laughs> uh that would be so fucking bad i i mean they're carol, i mean carol has made every indication um oh. you know he's like oh they had they, uh too high they did she hit it with too high okay we'll learn to pass against that like don't, that doesn't mean fire your coordinator and be like we don't know what to do no one's ever thrown against too high well um oh, so anyway yeah no bell i i I still, like I said, I would be interested in seeing Bell compete to find out if he's better than Miles Gaskin. That's not sign him to be a lead back and and make him run against eight-man boxers. Mick's gonna love it show.
0: when Pete Carroll gives Le'Veon Bell three years, 40 million guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, us right. yeah, roll, all, baby. Right.
2: I didn't even think about the idea of a multi-year deal. I was just thinking of one year. That's funny. Yeah, just sink, sink the fucking gap. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just he'll just fire another coordinator and Seattle is going to be like, yeah, the whole city. Yeah, yep. well done. That, Pete. That well done Pete. He wins. He's a winner. He's a win- <laughs> It's an intangible. He just he's just a winner.
0: Oh, shit. All right. Well, before we go quickly, there is a Super Bowl being played this weekend. Oh, huh! who knew? Uh, it's been it's been rather weird, I feel like, with uh in the covid era that definitely doesn't seem to be getting garnering the quite as much pub as in super bowl's past has been or maybe i'm just not paying attention to the world currently uh but quickly before we go let's just throw out our picks for the game uh jordan let's start with you who's winning the super bowl whatever this is 5700
1: uh yeah i'm not overthinking it i'm just picking the chiefs um it, the comparisons of Pat Mahomes to Steph Curry are a little bit played out by now, but I do think we're in, getting like into Warriors territory from like 2015 to 18, where it's just getting a little bit like these guys are just very good. They're a little too good. Yeah.
0: I do the Steph, the Steph uh Pat Mahomes comparison is, I feel like, one of the most apt sports comparisons out there just because of the fact that the the exact same way in either player can just catch fire and then it's just you're just done game over like you're not fun defending that
2: nick what's yeah, your was, pick
0: for the for the weekend
2: it, it's the chiefs i was looking at their the pass run ratios of the the nfl uh or the through the playoffs and um they're they're actually the, the chiefs are number two in the league at that early down uh, passing rate uh, in the first half of games at 70%. <laughs> uh, b- the bills are actually higher. Uh, they are like 72. The bucks are, are totally, they're right in the middle. They're like league average. Um, they're uh, throwing the ball at like 57%. If they try to do that, they're, they're going to get destroyed. I mean, Brady might be able to make a push in the second half, but if they're like, all right, let's control the clock against Patrick Mahomes, you can't, you can't do that. You, you have to outscore them. You just, They're just going to have to go toe to toe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's not going to be a, a control the clock. It's going to be who can score the most points. Um, I promise. This isn't because Brady's on the bucks, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the bucks simply because I do feel like what I saw the bucks front four with Vita Veya back uh, on passing downs looked very good and we're getting was getting pressures pressure on Rodgers uh throughout that game with just rushing four which I think is like you can't blitz against Patrick Mahomes you've got to be just rush four guys and drop everyone else in coverage uh and you've got to be able to get pressure with those four guys the Chiefs offensive line is banged up uh they're missing uh Jeff Schwartz right or what, missing is, both of their tackles they're both missing both their tackles. I can't remember if it was Jeff Schwartz or his brother it's who's currently Mitchell. Still in the Mitchell. Mitchell. There you go. Um, Mitchell Schwartz. So they're missing both their tackles. Shaq Barrett could have a big game. JPP, uh, Dominican Sue, and like I said, Vita Veo, made it seemingly made a big difference in that passing game. I think it ultimately would come down to the defense, uh, and it's just and it's going to be a shootout. And what and what defense makes the the big move at the right time? Um, so I'm going to go with the Bucks, but. Part of that is because, yes, there's a little bit of homerism still in me,
1: and I just, you know, why? Why not? Plus, if Tom Brady wins again, I'm gonna have to like turn off sports for a month. I'm just <laughs> not gonna be able to take it. I'm just gonna <laughs> sign out and go away. It's gonna be so obnoxious. Well,
2: so what? What? What would bother? Because I, I would too, but I think maybe for different reasons. Why? What? What would be so insufferable for you, Jordan? Uh,
1: for me, it's. Like, as a watcher of football, like, I respect Tom Brady's greatness. I do think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's won a ton of Super Bowls, and he's earned, like, the mantle, especially after the last one. But I I just don't need to jam down my throat anymore as a person who is, like, tied into a lot of sports contact content, whether that's on social media or, like, TV viewing. It's just, I don't know. I don't need to hear it anymore. I already know. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, like in the Seattle area,
2: I, I don't think I'd be able to handle the amount of people who just, well, he was deflating footballs and maybe he was doing that <laughs> in Tampa Bay too. Like the the amount of like, Brady isn't good. It's just, it's so fucking insufferable. That's what would do it for me. <laughs> or I just would not be able to handle it here. There, there'd
1: be a lot of well actually going on right yes now. a lot of like, would be there'd you have be a lot so of good much. weapons and the defense was good
0: there'd be so much well actually yeah it'll be it'll be like a 55 51 game and the defense will make a key sack fumble or something and like well actually the defense got the win for brady it's like okay but he also scored 55 points so let's chill um all right it's okay if if the Patriots do win and uh right, the patriots i see i didn't even I didn't even that. There it is, Freudian wow. slip. Freudian slip. If the Bucks do, if the Bucks do win, uh, then for the next couple of weeks, we'll be RB one colon a uh, a movie podcast, and we'll just we'll just start talking about movies. We'll completely shift into the uh, into the realm of entertainment. All right. Well, there you go. That's all we got for you this week. Make sure you subscribe to the Fate Teens Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also our fantasy baseball and our fantasy basketball show. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Peter M. Rogers. Follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week. Until then, peace.